Good evening, nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I actually have done something I've been promising you guys for several weeks, uh, and that is we have been dealing with social media and our middle schooler and cell phones and stuff uh, and wanted to let you know that having now talked to a bunch of people, I put together separate from the show just because there's so much news we got to cover. I don't have time to get it here. But if you subscribe to the podcast, I have done just 20 minutes walking you through what you probably need to think about if you're at the age of getting your kid a cell phone or allowing your child access to social media like Snapchat, Instagram, whatnot. Uh, if you want to listen to it, um, it, it's just it's not quite 20 minutes long. Um, but just text the word show, S-H-O-W, to 444-999, uh, and I will send you back a link to... Uh, Apple iTunes and Google Play, the podcast links, so you can listen. Uh, again, it's just, uh, is your kid ready for a cell phone, for social media, things you should know, things you should think about? Uh, you can find it there. Text SHOW to 444-999. Now, the reason I don't have time to get into that, maybe maybe later in the show I can delve into it some, but uh, we've got the situation in Washington, D.C. with the healthcare situation and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, we got the situation with, uh, well, you know, Jimmy Kimmel is threatening to beat up Brian Kilmeade because Kilmeade called him out. Man, wait till he sees my syndicated column on the situation because it, it really is interesting. And I mentioned this a little bit yesterday, the moral authority that the media is giving Jimmy Kimmel on this particular issue. Uh, and I I honestly have to admit, I think it is somewhat cynical because Stephen Colbert is one of Jimmy Kimmel's competitors and Stephen Colbert made a strategic decision to become the comedian of the La Resistance. He's the comedian of the left. Uh, in late night, he took David Letterman's spot and Letterman was a lefty, but Letterman tried more often than not, to find common ground with people in humor. Uh, Colbert wasn't quite successful with the launch of his show, having been his uh, persona on, um, the, on the Colbert Report on Comedy Central, so he decided to move back toward that persona from Comedy Central and become a avowed leftist uh, activist in his comedy. And many, many liberals like it because he tells them exactly what they want to hear and they can laugh at the same jokes and he doesn't need to find common ground or waste time on people like me. And it's a smart business decision for him. It helped him. Well, Kimmel's got to compete. And so Kimmel, having to compete, decided he was going to do the same thing, but he was going to do it in a different way. He was going to go after just a public policy issue, Obamacare. And he's going to use his kid to do it. Jimmy Kimmel's son had a heart issue, had to have surgery. And Kimmel is using his, his son's heart issue and surgery to make the case that if Republicans try to fix or repeal, replace, do anything with Obamacare, they're trying to kill kids and hurt people. And he's actually, to a degree, one-upping Colbert. I mean, my goodness, Colbert, Stephen Colbert hosted the Emmys this past Sunday, and there have been more news reports about Jimmy Kimmel this week than there have been Stephen Colbert. I mean, he's totally trumping Colbert on this issue. 
Good for him. Now, listen, I don't think that he actually is, is making it up. I think he believes it. He's found a way to use something he believes to make his appeal personal, to humanize him in a way that Colbert's comedy isn't. Good for him. Now, on this issue, I want to make it real clear that uh, God bless Jimmy Kimmel for saying what he's saying. He has a platform. He has a large audience. He's using it for something he cares about as an added bonus. It helps him against his competition. I don't think he's making it up. I think he believes it, and he's got every right to talk about it. The problem is not what Jimmy Kimmel's doing, uh, but that the same reporters who are really upset a reality TV star is the president are giving moral authority to a late night comedian to talk as an expert on public policy because he had really good insurance and a great paying job and his son had heart heart condition and could get surgery. He gets expert status in headlines in the press to talk about Obamacare. Uh, when he's not on Obamacare in the way that someone in the middle class is, if he is, uh, he probably, I would suspect, either has uh, makes enough money he pays out of pocket and doesn't worry about the cost, or he's got good insurance through ABC or wherever. He's not your middle class man with a sick kid with the heart problems. He's Jimmy Kimmel, late night comedian on TV who makes a lot of money. But based on that standard, I have moral authority greater than Jimmy Kimmel. I mentioned this last night because I make less money than Jimmy Kimmel does. I do. I know hard to believe, but I do. And I am sitting here talking to you right now with a pulmonary embolism. In fact, multiple pulmonary embolism, emboli, whatever. I've got clots in my lungs. Upstairs for me right now, because I couldn't get to the studio today, because of it, it, my wife is resting. She is worn out. She has cancer, a genetic form of lung cancer, and there is no cure. There is not. What keeps her going is a pill she takes every day, and that pill keeps her cancer from growing. In fact, it, it causes the tumors to shrink. At some point, her cancer is going to mutate around that, and there's going to have to be another medicine. And if there's not, well, bad for us. If there is, good for us. I have really good insurance. I am really blessed to work for genuinely good people. This company, they really are good people and they've taken care of us. This medicine off the shelf each month is more is is something like $22,000 a month. Thank God for my insurance in this company and their graciousness in working with us. Uh, in being able to cover the medicine that my wife has to take uh, to keep her cancer at bay. We have great insurance. If we had Obamacare, that would not be the case. Because if we had Obamacare, if I could afford the best plan under Obamacare, I still could not afford what we would have to pay each month for this medicine. So Jimmy Kimmel wants to give us all a system that if we had, uh, my wife would be in a world of hurt. That's what he wants. But the media will give him the moral credibility to defend Obamacare. They're not going to give me the moral credibility to to say, no, this is wrong. Even though I technically have more moral authority than Jimmy Kimmel because I got the clots and my wife has cancer and his son has already had his surgery. And Jimmy, there's nothing wrong with Jimmy. But I, I, I oppose Obamacare because I know we can do better. And this is the problem. Jimmy Kimmel's position is is facile. It is that everybody needs to have Obamacare and you're hurting people if you don't, as opposed to maybe Republicans really actually believe everybody should have health care 
or at least access to health care insurance. But it's just the government shouldn't have to pay for it. We should create enough good jobs and a good economy so people can get it themselves. And we actually focus on the people who truly can't. And there are people who can't afford health care. There are people who don't have good access to it. There are people who the government should help. If, if you're a conservative, you believe all life is sacred, then you need to recognize there are people who are incapable through no fault of their own of being able to get a job that gives them good health insurance. And we got an obligation to them. But that doesn't mean we have an obligation to everybody. And I think we can do better. You know, the New York Times is running a story today that the problem with the GOP's uh, Cassidy Graham plan is that it would make states build their own health care systems from scratch. And that's hard. Oh, poor babies. So we should just let one government do what's hard and screw it up for everybody instead of allowing 50 experiments to find what works and what doesn't and allow people to escape a really crappy plan to a good plan when they can move a state. No, no, we, we got to have one size fits all and it don't pay any attention to the people who have been hurt because of Obamacare. And a lot of people have, and I know a lot of them whose costs have gone up and healthcare benefits have gone down because of Obamacare, but ignore those people because Jimmy Kimmel had a sick son. And so we don't have to care about those people because he said so. Do you guys know who Janine Turner is? Uh, you probably, you may not recognize the name, but you would know her. Janine Turner, she was on the show Northern Exposure back in the day, also on Friday Night Lights. Uh, she actually is, so she's a Hollywood actress, but she has a nonprofit that goes around the country into middle schools and high schools and teaches kids about the constitution, nonpartisan nonprofit. Uh, it is, it is very objective. And one of the things that she is pushing Congress to do, uh, through her nonprofit is to make simpler pieces of legislation, smaller pieces of legislation, so if you want to do, for example, Obamacare, instead of having a massive bill that no one can understand, uh, do it in small chunks so that the American people can process the legislation and understand it and not be relied on by experts. Well, so she went into a school in Texas to talk to kids about the Constitution on Constitution Day, and a man, a liberal man who claims to be part of the resistance, is outraged and demanding an apology from the school system and demanding she not be allowed to ever lecture in schools in Texas again on the Constitution. Why? Not because she said anything wrong, but because she's a conservative. In fact, one of the, the critics that this guy was able to organize said, well, you know, the Constitution is difficult and not even lawyers and judges often agree on, on constitutional things. So, which basically gives you your liberal worldview that we're not supposed to understand the Constitution. We're allowed, we're only supposed to have our black-robed masters explain it to us. That is that is the left these days. Uh, not only do they want to get Christianity out of, out of society and, and conservative culture out of society, they don't want your kids to actually know what the Constitution says. Far easier for them to control your kids and you if none of you know what the Constitution actually says. Uh, typical, but good for her for standing up to him. She is. All right, folks, we will be back momentarily. Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB 39 after the hour in Atlanta. Uh, as always, you can text the word show, S-H-O-W, 
to 444-999. I'll spit you back the links to Google Play and iTunes for the podcast. And if you're not signed up for the daily email, you'll get signed up for the daily email too if you want. Make it very easy for you to do. But don't text and drive, please. I can't tell you the number of people who responded to me yesterday talking about the people texting and driving uh, saying amen. A couple of them even confessing that they have done it and they have finally realized how bad of drivers they are that they've stopped doing it. Stop texting and driving, people. It is not safe. It is against the law. That means you're sinning. Uh, we'll go into that at some other point. Also, randomly, just as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, um, I I have a standalone podcast. If you subscribe, you'll get it for free, no cost to you, by texting SHOW to 444-999. Just to, to answer the questions I've been getting from a ton of you with what Christy and I have been going through, just getting our middle schooler into technology and social media and, and how to handle that in Instagram and Snapchat and all the questions everybody our age has because none of us had it when we were in sixth grade. Um, talk to a bunch of people um, and put together the thoughts on that so you can get that in the podcast. We may get to it later, but right now we need to talk about uh, the actual machinations behind uh, the Graham Cassidy or Cassidy Graham, the healthcare legislation that, oh, it's so hard to do, according to the New York Times. It's just so terribly hard for states to do this. We need the big, 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 good federal government to do it. No, we don't. Listen, our founders believed in federalism, and we should too. Federalism solves many of the problems that ail us if we would allow it to work. That is, if California wants gay marriage and abortion, go for it. If Georgia doesn't, go for it. Well, of course, in Georgia, if you put it on the ballot, um, no gay marriage and no abortion, it would pass. Uh, But we have Republican leaders in this state who have sold out to Satan's minion and refuse to ever do anything conservative and Yes, I hope you are offended by me saying that because you know this adoption battle is coming back and the Republican leaders in the state are wanting Amazon to come in and build a headquarters so bad uh, they're blocking any attempts to introduce religious liberty legislation and they want to prohibit Christians from being able to adopt kids in Georgia. Yes, your Republican, I'm sorry, this isn't what I was going to talk about, but it just makes me so mad. Your Republican leaders in Georgia intend to change adoption and foster care law in Georgia so that Christian adoption agencies will be prohibited, prohibited as in not allowed to help the state move children into loving homes unless they abandoned their values on marriage. And yes, spare me the liberal phone calls. I know multiple adoption agencies in the state run by Christians who will not adopt into remarried households because of divorce. They believe they're not as stable as a loving uh, married couple who are not divorced. Uh, I know that. They, They exist in this state. And nobody has a problem with them saying that, but, oh, well, you're going to have to give up your views on gay marriage if you want to help the state. What's a, what is a higher value, honestly? Providing as many avenues for children to be adopted into loving homes or the, the gay culture war agenda? Which is it? Because I got to tell you, I know I have a lot of gay listeners to this show. They call in. I have a lot of gay friends. And they are all agreeing with me on this issue, every single one of them, that they recognize that that adoption agency isn't going to work with them, but they don't have a problem with a kid using that adoption agency to get adopted themselves. They don't have that problem. But yet 
our state Republican leaders do because Hollywood interests, Amazon.com and Fortune 500 companies are run by social liberals and they got a real problem with Christians being able to freely exercise their religion like the Constitution says they should be allowed to. So our Republican leaders in Georgia are going to be telling Christian adoption agencies next year that you're not allowed to freely exercise your religion in the conduct of your business if you want to help place children from state aid into adoptive households. That's horrifying that Republicans in Georgia would do that. Republicans who can pronounce Jesus with four syllables as if they really mean it, as long as they don't actually have to believe it. Uh, just pitiful. I'm sorry. It makes me mad, and I didn't mean to go there, but I, there you have it. Y'all, I'm sorry, but a, a buddy of mine texted me during, well, it, really during my tirade, I saw during traffic, uh, that I was misrepresenting the issue in the legislature last year. I was not, and I'm not misrepresenting what's coming up. They need to reform adoption laws in Georgia. They haven't been touched in 30 years. And Christians in the state Senate, all they wanted was a provision that said faith-based adoption agencies would not be forced to give up their values to help the state place children. And they killed the bill instead of giving that, that carve out because of out-of-state activists. We now know from a Rolling Stone interview, Tim Gill, the gay rights billionaire uh, who funded the fight against their religious liberty in Georgia, bunch of posers from out of state who were calling members of the legislature claiming to be Georgia citizens and they weren't, scared the bejesus out of Republicans and they got the Chamber of Commerce types involved and Fortune 500 companies involved and they would rather keep old adoption laws that do not serve kids rather than allow Christian adoption agencies to help place children in state care in loving homes. That is the deal they have made. Georgia Republicans would rather serve mammon than God, and that's just a fact, whether they want to admit it or not. Y'all, I just read an article earlier. If, if you don't know, uh, I was a lawyer for six years. Uh, I did election law in part, uh, worked uh, for President Bush's campaign on a volunteer basis, in 2000 and again in 2004 uh, you know during the palm beach the butterfly ballot nonsense and all of that and the left wants to bring back paper ballots i don't have a problem with paper ballots i really don't um listen fulton county cannot actually run an election on computers anyway so might as well bring back the paper ballots uh, I mean, we wait longer, I think, with the, the electronic ballots than we ever waited with paper ballots to get results in Fulton County, among other places. And the left wants to bring them back. I, bring them back, I say. Bring them back. Uh, save money printing ballots instead of running these computers. And I don't mind the computers either. Georgia's system, despite what a lot of liberals would claim, is actually a fairly secure system. you got to be on site to be able to break into the suckers. I think they're a good system. They work. Uh, but left-wing claims, remember it was back in 2000, it was conservatives who were claiming that Diebold and the left were going to steal the election for Al Gore. Well, now it's the left claiming it in the same way that before the election, Donald Trump was saying the election would have any integrity if Hillary Clinton won and the left was outraged. And now that he won, they're like, oh, I had no, no integrity. The intellectual inconsistency is maddening in this country these days. I, you know, I, I try to be consistent. I'm not always, I admit it, but I try to be. But some of these people aren't even trying. Okay, when we come back, Cassidy Graham, what's the state of play in the Senate on health care? And what would this bill actually do? It's being grossly misrepresented out there, not just by Jimmy Kimmel. I'll tell you what I know when we come back. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Let's 
It's 10 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. It's been a while since we've had to do this, but let me get into the radar here real quick and let you know there is a very heavy thunderstorm right now between Union City and Riverdale, uh, East Point getting rain. And then there is rain just south of Conyers. There is uh, rain around the Stone Mountain area. Very heavy rain, by the way. Uh, And then Johns Creek, Duluth. If you go up uh, 985, well, actually, no, take that back. Go up 400. Um, You are going to hit a lot of rain uh, north of Cumming. Uh, In the Dawsonville area in particular right now, very heavy rain. Uh, I would expect that to be just south of LJ, actually. Uh, I declared a severe thunderstorm warning. Uh, here in a bit. It hasn't happened yet, but it is some pretty significant rainfall up there. Now, let us um, get into what is happening with Graham Cassidy, Cassidy Graham, whatever you want to call it. Um, This is the, the plan coming to you if the Republicans pass it, and I don't know that they can pass it. But they have some incentive to pass this plan because... They are hearing from really angry Republican constituents, and they're beginning to be worried that they may be primaried if they don't do something. To be clear, Cassidy Graham is not a repeal of Obamacare. Doesn't do that at all. Um, In fact, it, it leaves it largely in place, but it makes portions of it optional, and it allows states long term to do something the founders really believed in. And that is by block granting Medicaid funding to the states, it allows the states to create their own health care plans for those who need them. So Georgia could pay for the private insurance plans of people on Medicaid, for example. They wouldn't have to be on a state plan. They could be on a private plan, and Georgia could use its block grant money to pay the costs of that. California, on the other hand, could take its block grant Medicaid money and design a universal socialist government-funded health care plan. The Democratic objection to this is actually really funny. You guys will actually laugh out loud. The Democratic complaint against the Republican Cassidy Graham plan beyond it gets rid of Obamacare, is that it would be hard for the states to come up with a health care plan. Now, I'm not making that up. The, the Democrats say it would be too hard for the states to come up with their own health care plans. So what the Republicans are offering is the ability to create 50 separate plans one for each state, providing the states the block grant money to do it. Whichever ones work, well, they work. Whichever ones don't, well, they don't. And we get to see which works. And then over time, when we figure out which one works best, well, maybe you can move the whole federal government in that direction. But let's let's have 50 laboratories of democracy to figure out what works first. The Democrats would rather us have one plan none of us can escape from except by moving out of the country. And if it doesn't work, well, it doesn't work for everybody, so it's fair. 
That's what they want. That's what they're advocating. And they've got Jimmy Kimmel being their spokesman. It is staggeringly ridiculous. The Democrats have become tied to Obamacare. The problem, well, it's not a problem for them. It's a problem for the Republicans. It's a problem for you. It's not even a problem for the Republicans. The problem is that Republicans are letting them do it because Republicans are failing to do anything that could disrupt that level of status quo. And because Republicans are unwilling to do anything to disrupt, change, alter, or or do anything with that level of status quo, the Democrats are getting a free ride on this stuff. Y'all, I can't tell you the number of people I have encountered who really genuinely are being harmed by Obamacare. They really genuinely have had a downgrade of their service. There's a guy I follow on Twitter. I don't know him, but we followed each other forever. His name is Drew. His father developed cancer, and they had to set up a GoFundMe account because he was pushed off his insurance plan that he had into Obamacare, and Obamacare didn't cover the costs of the only treatment that would work for him. That's a true story. Had to rely on the generosity of strangers because Obamacare wouldn't cover the cost of the treatment, the only treatment his doctor said would work for him. I've got a buddy of mine who's a, a fitness trainer who had a great healthcare insurance plan that he paid $20 a month for. And if he needed to go to the doctor, the doctor took his plan. Well, after Obamacare, that plan no longer existed because it didn't qualify under Obamacare. But he had to have a plan because the individual mandate was would escalate each year. The first year, he just paid the fine. But every year, it goes up. People don't realize that. So he had to get an Obamacare plan, and the cheapest Obamacare plan he could afford is a plan that there is literally no doctor in the state of Georgia who will take it. It is only accepted at hospitals and emergency rooms and dock-in-the-box places. So he has to go, when he goes to his doctor now, he pays cash because his doctor doesn't take the insurance plan. You don't hear about people like that. You don't hear about people like Mary Catherine Hamm on CNN, the only television personality I know of who was actually on Obamacare. And it's a downgrade from what she had. Her husband, I, I misstated it the other day, her husband worked for a, a liberal group. Uh, it's a funny relationship. He was liberal. Mary Catherine Hamm is conservative. Great guy. A wonderful guy. Uh, and he is, is, when they went to Obamacare, his company put him on Obamacare. It was a downgrade. And he, unfortunately, was killed two years ago this, this past week in a bike race. And Mary Catherine is raising her daughters by herself, and she's got to be on Obamacare. And it is inferior to what she had. So again, not not to, to be too repetitious here, but as I said earlier, the media is giving Jimmy Kimmel moral credibility on this issue when Jimmy Kimmel makes a heck of a lot more money than the average person impacted by Obamacare. He probably doesn't even have Obamacare. So he doesn't really understand how it affects people. But, oh, it's a government program, so we can't do anything about it. Cassidy Graham doesn't repeal Obamacare. It is questionable whether or not they'll get the votes in the Senate. John McCain wants regular order, which means he wants to go through the committee process and have the committee do something. It's questionable if they'll pass it. But if they pass it, it will at least 
begin the process of allowing the states to come up with their own plans. And that, I think, at this point is better than nothing. So, <laughs> Valerie Plame, you remember her, Valerie Plame Wilson, the, the spy who was not contrary to popular opinion, was not actually exposed by the Bush administration. Uh, earlier today, she tweeted out a piece that she said was very thoughtful. This is Rosh Hashanah, you know, a Jewish holiday. And the headline was, America's Jews are driving America's wars. Let me read you just the first two paragraphs of this. I spoke recently at a conference on America's war party where afterwards an elderly gentleman came up to me and asked, why doesn't anyone ever speak honestly about the 600 pound gorilla in the room? Nobody has mentioned Israel in this conference. And we all know it's America's Jews with all their money and power who are supporting every war in the Middle East for Netanyahu. Shouldn't we start calling them out and not letting them get away with it? It was a question combined with a comment that I'd heard many times before, and my answer is always the same. Any organization that aspires to be heard on foreign policy knows that to touch the live wire of Israel and American Jews guarantees a quick trip to obscurity. Jewish groups and deep-pocket individual donors not only control the politicians, they own and run the media and entertainment industries, meaning that no one will hear about it or from the offending party ever again. They're particularly sensitive on the issue of so-called dual loyalty, particularly as the expression itself is a bit of a sham, since it's pretty clear that some of them only have real loyalty to Israel. That is the first two paragraphs of this, written by some guy named Philip Giraldi. Going into all of the anti-Semitic tropes out there, taking them seriously, Valerie Plame Wilson tweets it as a thoughtful article that we should all read. And then it, it people it point out to her, um, you, you realize you're basically saying that this article does say that the Jews are essentially behind every problem in the world today. <laughs> and I mean, Jews and rat poison is a comparison. That that li literally is, is, a, is a comparison in this piece from what David Frum notes on Twitter. And Valerie Flame comes out afterwards and says, oh... I just skimmed it. Sorry, my bad. Did you, did you, if, I mean, it gets worse. The first two paragraphs are bad enough. But she didn't skim it. This, by the way, is something that the, the author of this piece has routinely said and tweeted, and Valerie Flame has been okay with this guy for a while. Um, blaming the Jews. It is such, this is something the left always does. They blame the Jews which is just ridiculous. I mean, it, it is, you just can't get German liberalism from the 19th century out of them. I have important news. This may be the most, you know, yeah, probably the most important news since 1981. Um, yeah, 19, yeah, 1981, well, maybe 84. This is the most important news since then. Uh, at least it's the most important news since Ronald Reagan was president. Um, uh, no hyperbole at all here. Um, this is really big. Uh, the Han Solo movie is going to feature the Kessel Run. Yes, that is, yep, Ron Howard tweeting it out. 
picture of a of what looks like a mine shaft with the tweet spicy question mark and it well if it's spicy well then it's probably a spice mine and if it's a spice mine you're going to be on Kessel the the legendary planet where where he broke the record with the millennium falcon and the the Kessel run this is going to be awesome yes ron howard directing a star wars movie and they're going to feature one of the most legendary things in the Star Wars universe that we've never seen on film. This is going to be awesome, people. This is huge news. It really is. I, I, I think you should thank me for keeping up with these things for you because I realize y'all don't have time to keep up with these things. Now, which reminds me, you probably also don't have time to keep up with social media and uh, your kids and how you balance all of this. And I recorded a standalone podcast. It's about 18 minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, uh, cause I've been getting the, well, first of all, Christy and I, we've had to deal with the issue of how do you deal with your children, uh, getting into middle school, uh, junior high, high school, cell phones, social media, Snapchat, instant message, um, things that just, um, they, you can't get away from it. And many people think that Snapchat doesn't last. And yet time after time, after time, Snapchat uh, screenshots things. Did you hear about the nurse down in, in Florida? She works for, I think, a VA hospital in a maternity ward there, which I didn't know VA hospitals have maternity wards, but this one did. And she was on Snapchat uh, posing brand newborn infants in terrible poses, uh, giving them the middle finger, writing terrible things about them, putting them on social media. Uh, on Snapchat, thinking that only her friends would see it. Uh, well, people got screenshots. She's going to be out of a job, life ruined, probably sued by the parents, deservedly so. So how do you navigate your kids through this? I mean, in our kids' school, there have been a number of fights that have started off of things done on Snapchat. And of course, by the time the parents get to it, it's gone. It's it's disappeared. My number one rule, just as a shortcut for you, is your kid doesn't need Snapchat. And I know they think they do to communicate with their friends. They can find other ways to communicate with their friends. Snapchat is way too much of a temptation for a kid in middle school, high school, dealing with everything else. They don't need it. You don't need it. Uh, it's where people send naked pictures to each other and hope they don't get caught. You don't need to be anywhere near anything like that. Uh, it is just asking to be abused. And you don't want to do that with your kid. Now, if you want to hear the whole thing, because I, I talked to some experts who make a really good point I never even considered. Uh, text the word show, S-H-O-W, to 444-999. You can go on Google Play, you can go on iTunes, you can go on SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Spreaker, you name it, uh, tunein.com. Just look for the Eric Erickson Show. It's there. Uh, but if you text show to 444-999, uh, I will send you back links to iTunes and Google Play, depending on whether you have Android or an iPhone, uh, and get you that now. Let me just tell you, one of the the points that a one of the people made to me in talking, and I never really even considered this, is listen to the way your kid talks. Listen to their conversations. Are they talking about YouTubers? Are they focusing on numbers of retweets, numbers of likes, numbers of subscribers, numbers of hearts, uh, anything like that in their conversations? Are they using likes on Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or whatever? Uh, any of that to um, value something. 
because if they're using a like on social media to value something, what it suggests is that their self-esteem is not developed yet and they're substituting likes on social media for self-esteem. And if it continues, then they're going to be playing to the crowd and they're not, their self-esteem is going to be measured by uh, likes on social media. And you don't want that in your child. You want your child to develop their own self-esteem and self-worth, not based on what other people like about what they've done, uh, but on their own intrinsic value, on what they're good at. Are they good at sports or, or something like that? You want them to have develop their self-worth off of, off of social media before they go to social media because if they develop their, their uh, self-esteem on social media, it's going to be brutal for them, very bad for you long-term. I had never even considered that. And it's so true uh, when you think about it. Uh, we only let our daughter on Instagram, on a private account with her friends. We we follow her other friends and family follow her. No Snapchat, nothing like that. Uh, and, and understand she's got her own self-worth and self-esteem. Now, in the podcast, I, I do talk about tools you can use. There's some great technology out there where you can help monitor this. As a parent, you got to you got to monitor this stuff. The horror stories that I keep hearing out there now are growing and your kids really think, for example, with the tool like Snapchat, they think it disappears, that it doesn't last. They can do anything they want because there's no record of it. And that's not true at all. Uh, so, again, if you're interested in this conversation and and what you can do if your kids are getting to the point of doing this or you're struggling with what to do, uh, text the word show to 444-999 or just get on iTunes, get on Google even, put in Eric Erickson show. Uh, you'll be directed to the podcast and. And uh, I've, it's about 20-minute conversation. Talk to some experts. I'll tell you what you can do. But it's something, particularly if you're a parent with my faith-based worldview, it's something you got to start thinking about. Buffy tells me it's the it was the Naval Hospital in Jacksonville, not the VA hospital. That makes more sense. <laughs> I just couldn't hear. Why does the VA hospital have... Have a maternity word. Goodness gracious. I mean, that that whole situation is just, it, it's bad all around. It really is. Um, and man, we're just, we are not, there is no, your, your kid doesn't need Snapchat. We do not have it in our house. I've become very hostile to the idea of it, as has my wife. And uh, if you don't know what your kids are doing on social media, man, you you need to know. Roy Moore, a buddy of mine, texted me. Roy Moore is having his big event with Sarah Palin over in... um, Over in Alabama, and a good friend of mine texted me and said, if you counted on Roy Moore saying sodomy in his opening statement, you win. <laughs> oh, Roy Moore, my goodness gracious. Um, Roy Moore may upset the apple cart and get himself elected to the U.S. Senate, and I say good. And he and I have so many disagreements on stuff, uh, but I just, I say good. Because I think Luther Strange is a terribly corrupt individual who is surrounded by corrupt individuals, who has uh, is the furthest thing from draining the swamp. And uh, Roy Moore may be a swamp unto himself, but he's definitely draining the Washington swamp. And you know what? Uh, with with social conservatives, he's going to fight for you. Unlike the Georgia Republican leaders, I, I would rather have Roy Moore uh, dealing with social issues than have the Georgia Republican leaders who can so easily get bought off by Fortune 500 companies. I, I have no problem with that. Um, it is, it is so, it really is disappointing y'all to encounter so many Republicans in the state who wear their faith on their sleeve and sell out, uh, with the smallest check 
to these Fortune 500 Chamber of Commerce interests. It, it really is disappointing. I mean, there is just no difference between them and the Democrats, is there?